Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Silicon Dreams on Radio Zindagi 15:50 a.m. I am your show host Sonia, founder and CEO of Orbis 86, and joining me today on this next episode of the Silicon Dreams, where we bring to you news from the world of Web3 as well as the advancements in AI and ML. Right here with us, we have Adarsh and Sarav. So Sarav and Adarsh, they are from Team the Coin Republic. The Coin Republic is a leading crypto publication based out of India. They cover news globally, and in fact, a majority of their of their readers are based in the United States. So I'm very excited to have these folks in the show with us today, and I'm going to throw it right over to Saurav. So Saurav, why don't you go ahead and talk to our audience in the Bay Area, as, all, as well as the listeners of the podcast globally. Tell them what is the Coin Republic and what is your role at the Coin Republic? Thank you very much, Sonia, for this opportunity. Uh, good evening, Los Angeles. Good evening, San Francisco, San Jose. Uh, it's a beautiful day, day in the Mumbai, and uh, we're so honored to uh, be a part of this show. Uh, thank you for the introduction. The Coin Republic is one of the leading crypto news organizations in Asia. They're based in Asia, but again, you know, most of our readers are from uh, the states, uh, so a lot of people might have heard about us. Uh, uh, today, uh, we are planning to give you some uh, crypto. uh dice if we if i put it that way sonia sonia i think you are mute i am unmute yes you know that's perfect i can't wait for the show to get started but before we do that i'm just going to throw it over to others and others when did you tell the world who you are and also what's your role at the coin republic Hi, uh, I'm Madhu Singh. My role at the Coin Republic is as a research analyst. I look forward to things which are happening in the cryptocurrency world and to report them through our website. That's more of concise role of me here. So technically, Adarsh is an analyst, right? As you know, majority the bigger publications that are focused on bringing news and data to the world, analysts play an important role. And that is exactly the role that others plays for the Coin Republic. He is the one getting all the data together. And if you go and look at the articles on the Coin Republic, what you'll see is they're not just reporting on the news, but they're also breaking down on a lot of technical analysis. And that is my man, Adarsh, right here. All right, yeah, so now- Yes, yeah, absolutely guys, you have to go and take a look at the Coin Republic. If you haven't heard about them, go check out their website and and you know, you'll, I think you can just make up your mind for the quality of the articles that's published over there, a lot of great learning opportunities. With that, we are going to jump straight off into this episode of the Silicon Dreams and Radio in the 15:50 a.m. and today we are going to talk about some of the trending news from the world of web3. Now, others and sarab right first of all thank you for bringing me up to speed with some of the top headlines in the world of web3 in the past couple of weeks right and what i want to do is kick start with the subject of vc investment obviously the past few months vc investments we have seen them thinning also a lot of vcs who have anything left at all now because unfortunately many of the vcs are going bankrupt like we literally know new chip accelerator file for bankruptcy right 
But with yeah. the rest of the VCs, they are betting on generative AI. However, in the world of crypto, as you guys appraised me just a few minutes ago, there has been an, extent, an astounding amount of money being poured into layer twos. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Sara. Why don't you actually break it down by starting with the news headline and then tell our people over here, everyone who's listening to the show, Mm -hmm. Where exactly are the VCs putting their money in? Are they trying to launch the next Bitcoin and shit or what exactly is happening? So, Sonia, it's interesting because crypto uh, VCs raised over 2.6 billion US dollars in the first quarter of 2023, down from 3.2 billion in the fourth quarter of 2022. So it's, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's gone down, actually. But mostly they're investing in layer two scaling solutions and crypto custodial services companies. Uh, so I guess for the un uninitiated, it's important we understand what they are. So Adarsh, if you could explain to them what layer two scaling solutions are, and if you could also explain why crypto custodial wallets are in the ranks in terms of VCs. Okay, so uh, there are two things, uh, three things actually. First is layer zero, layer one and layer two. If we think if we think of Ethereum, it's a kind of a layer one protocol. It cannot process more than 20 to 30 transactions per second. That's its limit. Even after so much, so many upgrades. What where where does layer two solution comes is they can process a height height transaction for height transaction, which can be used in suppose here, suppose there are DEXs, there are decentralized exchanges, centralized exchanges, a marketplace for NFTs. Various things are be currently being built. This is where the, the layer two comes in. They can they can be more faster, more quicker, and can be more scalable than Ethereum, which uh, which we haven't currently seen. If we if I can take an example, we have seen the launch of Arbitrum. It's a kind of a layer two scaling solution. It can process up to fourteen thousand transactions per second. Meanwhile, if Ethereum, it's thirty transactions per second. There are lots of VCs pouring the money in the Arbitrum and many more things. And I think yeah. uh, this is just an example. Yeah, yeah, sure. And other Shina, that was a great example. I want to just break it down, even like you know, just take it down to a fifth graders level, right? And uh, one of the things I wanted to mention here was when we talk about transactions per seconds, like how many transactions per seconds should any DLT, a distributed ledger technology, or any blockchain be able to support? You said that Arbitrum can support 14,000 transactions per second compared to 15 to 20 yeah. to 30 transactions per second that we see on Ethereum today. And you know, people are building a lot of stuff on Ethereum. Um, one of the key things to note here as a point of reference is that today globally, Visa is able to support 15,000 transactions per second, right? Now, a lot of people know about blockchain for its use in decentralized finance, right? We're basically talking about a financial ecosystem where you do not have any sovereign entities or any middlemen, and it is a trustless peer-to-peer -peer system where everything is yeah. transparently visible. And to that extent, right, if you're talking about using any of these DLT chains to enable DeFi across the globe, the bare minimum standard is that of Visa, which is 15,000 transactions per second today. And with sure. that, I throw it back to you. So we know that, you know, VCs are putting money, betting high 
on layer two scaling solutions. So one of the advantages, as you said, is the layer twos, they are faster and quicker. Anything else? I mean, they, they are the, we can say as the, they are the next visas or visa or MasterCard for the future because uh, they are, a, the layer twos are basically a platform where things can be created. If you think in the Google, uh, suppose we go to Google Play Store and see, uh, download any app or something like that. It, layer two makes it more faster, more secure and more reliable. And also being decentralized is one of the more, most fun. Uh, also, uh, uh, layer two layer two brings a hope to people that uh, the decentralized, uh, decentralized things can exist. It can exist like uh, previously what, as for, for in uh, 2000. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. So. One thing, if I could intervene here, I uh, recently interviewed Mr. Giovanni Francese. Uh, he was the head of blockchain at Ericsson. I also interviewed uh, Mr. David Palmer for Vodafone. And they're all talking about uh, enterprise level blockchain, private blockchains that these big companies are using for their own DeFi solutions. So it's not rather uh, they're using it as a product, they're using it to scale their own productivity as well. That's why layer two solutions are important because you know it's something that you build upon a basic blockchain that is layer one. And then when you build it upon that, it 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 scales up. It's the progression of of its it's the you know evolution you could say. Going back to your others. No, I think you correctly said it. It's kind. It's a great evolution for the uh, for in the decentralized sector. I think once it takes uh, takes it up a more uh, uh, takes it to next level. We can see various things like payment ecosystems, apps, more, more and more things we can see lending. More and more things could be built on, could be built on yeah. the blockchain, could be built on decentralized infrastructure because of that. Guys, uh, we try to educate people about the difference between blockchain and the other term that you'll hear, which is DLT or distributed ledger technology. And essentially blockchain is a DLT, but a DLT has so much more to it than just blockchain. Blockchain is, yeah. it's like saying, hey, you know, there are, you can program in any language or it's like saying, hey, uh, your Tesla is a car, but not all cars are Teslas. So similarly, blockchain is a DLT, but not all DLTs are blockchains. With that, what I'd love to do is also, um, segue and guys you know there's a lot about layer ones and layer twos that we can talk about what i want to do is break this down into multiple episodes of course we just have 25 minutes for this particular segment so we'll move a little bit ahead of topics of layer twos because in one of the other show segments what i want to do is also compare ethereum layer two solutions to the new age dlts where they are layer one itself is fast enough it's really well architectured to enable tens of thousands of transactions to be processed on them. But in this show today, you know, we talk about that VC money. So we know VCs are betting A on layer two scaling solutions. The second thing that you said they're betting on, and I'm a little surprised by that, is they're betting on custodial wallets. So I heard it right, right? They are not betting on non-custodial wallets. They're betting, betting on custodial wallets like Coinbase right. or centralized exchanges. Is that right? Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, the, to think of according to that, I, uh, they are the ahead uh, of the regulatory procedures. So they are thinking that custodian wallets will be more regulated than the 
non-custodial wallets and i think this right. is what why, why don't why don't we first talk about the difference between custodial and non-custodial sort of do you want to take that one no it's adarsh uh he's looking dashing today so let's let's him answer hey go go ahead answer it <laughs> uh thank you uh basically custodial wallets and non-custodial a custodial wallet is where you can keep your crypto, uh, uh, your private keys on behalf of you. Basically, a crypto wallet, crypto, someone else, there is a someone else who can, uh, who controls your cryptocurrencies keys or everything else. Basically, suppose crypto, uh, Coinbase, Binance, something like that. And for so non custodial wallet, here's a simple analogy, right? I mean, I, I want to break, just make it simple for people because a lot of people might not even know, hey, what keys are you talking about? And obviously there are experts here who, who knows, you know, Sadoshi could have been from the Bay Area, right? And they might be listening to the show. But that being said, if you think about it in layman's perspective, a custodial wallet is like an account that a bank has opened for you, right? So you are giving your money to the bank and the bank has control over your account tomorrow if the bank goes belly up your account yeah, however in order to open an account with the bank you can't just walk in and say guys here's a million dollars open an account for me that doesn't happen at a bank right they will verify you they need to check your identity they need to make sure you're not engaged in money laundering and so on and as Adarsh was saying the cryptocurrency ecosystem has seen a significant rise in regulation. Now, whether or not that regulation is well-informed and how intelligent it is, that's a topic for another show. However, sure. we know that SEC is trying to crack down on things. Sometimes I feel like things that are not even, that don't need a crackdown, but that's again, a different show, different topic. Sure. So going back to you others, right? The so custodial wallets, essentially but you have another, entity a centralized entity a company that opens controls your a funds, crypto basically. account for you right what what is non-custodial uh non-custodian wallets basically is metamask where you control your own funds nobody controls your funds you so if you deposit a, if you deposit your ethereum or bitcoin in a non-custodian wallet suppose metamask phantom there are thousands of those so you have the control of your own funds. Nobody, nobody can, if suppose one day, uh, uh, I can say MetaMask goes belly up, but you have your control of funds. So it's like that. So Sonia, so if I was... could add a bit to this, uh, is that, uh, you know, uh, the news goes, uh, they're more investing on custodial services. Right. So uh, one of the reasons why, why, I mean, again, we're comparing quarter uh, four of 2022 to the quarter uh, first of 2000, quarter third of 2023, right? So what has happened significant in that area? The Silicon Valley bank collapse, that has been uh, an important, you know, part of, you know, you probably know you're in the Bay Area. You, so uh, that's one of the reasons why people had started to have trust issues. And maybe they thought crypto custodian wallets are going to be, uh, you know, we could trust it with other. But again, we had FTX as a, as as a debacle. If uh, you know that was a big debacle. Everyone has heard about FTX at this point. I'm guessing. You know, I would be surprised. Yeah. I'd be surprised if anyone listening to the show hasn't heard about FTX. But yes, I mean, you know, FTX that was a saga. <laughs> 
yeah so one hand we have silicon valley bank another one we have ftx's and the terra lunas and all of that who 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 should we trust i guess that's uh that's who the- lost it better i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding yes i actually recently heard news mm-hmm. that out of the 8 billion lost ftx had probably somehow regained control of 5 to 6 billion dollars and they were thinking about launching again i was like what what like what's happening but that being said let's go back to the topic at hand right so the vcs they are putting their money on a uh, custodial services right so they are basically sure. looking for uh, these entities that might become the next big the centralized banks so technically they would be centralized but i think it's always very hard for people to transition into going from a system that they have worked with for decades into something that's completely new and that's again a risk with non custodial wallets as well right with great power gets comes great responsibility so if you lose money on your non custodial wallet there is no fdic to fall back on if you lose your password the money's on the chain but the way to access it is completely gone so if it's completely your responsibility and sometimes that kind of responsibility also frightens people so there you go on one hand vcs are investing on custodial services on the other hand they are investing on layer 2 layer 2 scaling yeah. solutions on ethereum with that though what i wanted to ask you was with all of this investment what about the original investments that the vcs bet hard on for example in the bay area we know bay area native tim draper as one of the vcs sure. to bet hard on bitcoin he actually he actually bought like 80000 bitcoin from the silk route heist right what about bitcoin what's happening to the price of bitcoin at one point we were looking at it rocking 60000 and now it's struggling to even gain steady support at 30000 what's happening with the price guys I'll take that. Bitcoin is currently experiencing network congestion with over 450,000 transaction pending in the blockchain. Uh and again, others will explain that a bit further. The average transaction fee has surged to $19 and some experts believe that network is under a denial of service attack. Again, an important term that we need to understand in this context. Uh currently bitcoin is uh bitcoin price is trading below 228000 and it could consolidate for a while uh that is again we are not promoting it it's not a uh financial advice of any sort it's just based on the primary and secondary research that our analysts have done others if you could explain to them uh what uh what the significance of this 28000 price barrier is as well as if you could explain what dos attacks are to okay uh, fine uh, yeah sure 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 so before uh, explaining what the significance of 28000 is uh, before uh, i will come to dos attack dos attack is basically denial of service meaning you traffic uh, you send so much reliable traffic to a network it gets flooded no transactions can get processed meaning suppose there is a website you load it with so much traffic so much traffic that the servers goes down it's something is something similar to what dos attack is so why dos attack it's not sure like uh, it's not sure many people are saying it's is it for brc20 tokens like ordinals are coming up 
so are they congesting the network or there is some other reason or the popularity of bitcoin is going high or lightning network there are so many uh, underlying reasons which can happen uh, which can be the reason for so much unconfirmed transactions or high spike uh, spike in the transaction fees but basically it, for the all... for the layman what they need to understand is bitcoin can process what is it six to eight transactions per second at the moment yeah yeah right? yeah it's and it's, it's flooded with transactions and there's a long queue and it seems like there might be transactions being sent with malicious intent we are not sure obviously people from the bay area and also globally who have worked in the field of cybersecurity you know what a denial or ddos attack you know a denial of service yeah, attack sure. what that means um and other she did a good job of even explaining it let's basically just overloading something with so much traffic that it shuts down processing and that's what's happening yeah, think, with uh, bitcoin at it. the moment yeah i want to give an example if uh, like uh, bitfinex in 2017 and i think i'm not sure about it but in binance in 2019 they both suffered a ddos attack if we, they like uh, they are they were flooded with so much traffic that uh, they have to shut down uh, at least 24 to 48 hours for their users and for those who yeah. haven't heard those terms earlier guys bitfinex uh... there's something going on with bitfinex but bitfinex binance these are providers of uh, some centralized exchanges like coinbase and binance sure. actually processes majority of the transactions globally binance has a smaller us footprint and recently they withdrew from canada as well and we'll talk about that on another segment however binance bit phoenix there are a lot of centralized exchanges like coinbase for those who are in india you know about coinswitch kubeer and what not and uh, we are just talking about those exchanges and how they were also under the ddos the ddos attack but uh, let me ask you this others do you think that it's only the ddos attack that is the reason no, for the bitcoin mean... price going down no uh, there are lots of reasons i mean there are uh, lots of dots to connect basically if you look at the traders point of view there is a lot of options expiring coming on and there are lots of uh, puts i mean there are lots of uh, short selling going on for bitcoin there are, i think there were two firms which were uh, exited uh, which exited their uh, portfolio from the cryptocurrency only due to the sec something uh, due to some rules of sec and which is causing the liquidity gap meaning there are uh, there are less buyers than sellers it's literally like a bank run situation right you know you need to have a liquidity and in fact in the case of uh, crypto unfortunately the moment uh, crypto was directly pegged to us dollars and that was it, it's supposed to be a cent a form of currency exchange and today globally us dollar is the currency in which exchange of value happens but uh, the way bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency prices work at the moment except for stable coins is unfortunately they work very similar to the stock market and uh, yeah. it's a little unfortunate but with a lot of volatility uh, yes more volatility than stock market though we have seen stock market also be volatile you know in its yeah, 100 sure. years of existence it, it, yes exactly but you know obviously right now what we're seeing in the cryptocurrency market that's why when others just talking about shorts and puts and all of these fancy a derivative trading that happens in the cryptocurrency world that is all because a lot of people are looking at it as a high risk investment asset versus something to really lead into the decentralized finance world uh, towards 
Um, right now, so you know, it, it's unpredictable, a sentiment-based market. I was thinking that with first Republic Bank also joining that uh, crowd of you know banks going down this year, unfortunately, I thought Bitcoin might again see a rally because we've seen this pattern with the Silicon Valley Bank or Signature Bank going down. However, that didn't necessarily happen. Now, what I would like to ask you is, when we talk about the pricing of any any Web3 asset, right, be it a cryptocurrency or an NFT, the fancy term that took the world by storm in 2021, what exactly is the role or what exactly is the influence that influential people could have on this entire ecosystem? Uh, there was a major influential person, not an influencer, I would say, even though technically the person is an influencer, but you know, we think about influencers as people who take some money, run some ads, so trying to just separate that out. But there is an influential person who, again, made some waves in the market, and we have seen that pattern repeat over and over again. So in the Web3 ecosystem in particular, when it comes to cryptocurrencies and NFTs, what is the influence of an influential person? Well, I would love to throw it to Sora. We, we all know him. Uh, the name is Musk, Elon Musk. And uh, we're talking about uh, the concept of pump and dump. Whenever uh, Elon tweets something, uh, talks about something, it seems to like he's the golden goose, basically, for the crypto world. And uh, we're talking about a special NFT collection in the recent context. Uh, this is the meme coin season, ladies and gentlemen. Pepe is a meme coin that you know recently became uh, uh, relevant for some what? reason. Like they they had almost two billion market cap, and they haven't even been around for a whole month. Has it already been a month? I don't exactly, think so. Exactly. But even at their lowest they're lows, they are like half a billion market cap, and I'm like. What exactly is happening? What's happening with all of these frogs and meme coins? But go on, Saurabh, go on. Yeah, well, memes and God, we, we, both, we can't understand them both. So here's the deal. It's <laughs> called My Lady is a collection of 10, My Lady, right? My Lady is a collection of 10,000 anime profile pictures of NFTs that was created in 2021 by digital arts company Ramilla. The floor price, and uh, Adarsh will explain to you what floor prices are. The floor price was basically the initial price point, the discounted price point of the NFTs, uh, where 3.8 ETH, which, and then it goes to as far as 7.3 ETH. After Elon must tweet it, a meme from the My Lady Makers NFT community. So one tweet doubled the price. And here are, uh, you know, uh, you talk who talks about compounding interest warren buffett you know it doesn't matter it's just a tweet just follow the tweets and that's one of the things that's interesting sort about of, this community sort of you know that so see in within a week right in fact not even within a week with one tweet within a day we saw the floor price of my lady double um, let's go back a little bit track back a little bit a couple of years ago we saw elon musk literally every day, well, maybe not literally every day, but it felt like he was doing it every day, put out a tweet saying, Doge to the moon. Yeah. What, what happened with that? Like, that's what's a, that's happened an interesting, 
that's an interesting case study. Case uh, as study, a journalist, exactly. It's it, you know, uh, as a journalist, actually, I, I recently wrote a, a you know thesis paper on it. It's so Twitter is one of the most reliable source of crypto news. So major news publications, not only within uh, the crypto sphere, including us and the, but traditional news media outlets, they too use Twitter as a credible source. This was founding of my research, and uh, it's we're not surprised. And now he's in. He's the man. He's the chief tweet. All right. And whenever he, he and so it explains himself, this guy is either uh, has lost it all or he is a genius and uh, people consider both. OK, so I don't know. Don't ask He's the polarizing for sure. <laughs> don't ask the Twitter employees, though, because they wrote it on a ticker before leaving out. But <laughs> so many adjectives. We are in San Francisco Bay Area, Sarov. I can tell you, I've heard um, I've heard it from the locals that. Some of the Twitter employees have to take toilet paper to the San Francisco office because he fired every single member of the janitorial staff. So we are not going to the Twitter employees. You guys employees. just tokenized toilet papers? <laughs> tokenized toilet paper, right? That would be something. Oh, my God. Um, and also, I would have loved to talk about uh, the new Twitter CEO takeover, bringing World Economic Forum to Twitter. I'm talking about free speech. Okay, I, I don't want to talk about it at the moment though, because that could be like an entire show by itself. It's election but, time. It's, it's election uh, time. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is election time, right? And we have to be very careful. That being said, though, Saurabh, what happened to Doge? Can you can you tell people? Because you know there are a lot of people who might have seen Elon type, you know, tweet about my lady, and they're gonna go and put money into it because they're like, hey, if Elon's saying the shit, something has to be true. What happened with Dogecoin? What have Doge. we seen in that case study? Like when Elon started pumping it, where did it go to and where is it at now? That's an, that's an interesting question. I can imagine Dogecoin as a meme, as Elon is the, the Lion King meme. That's it. You know, that is that sums it all. But if you want to understand the price action of it, Adarsh has it recorded. So Adarsh, if you could explain to yeah. me how the prize action was, how one tweet changed the game, how many thousands of percent did, did it gain, and what time frame, if you could explain to her. Okay, so in I think in between 2021, Elon started tweeting, uh, March 2021, I think Elon started tweeting about Dodge. It, uh, it was then around, what is it around the current level? 0 $0.04, I guess. After it, it surged to 0. Yeah, yeah, $0.04. Okay. No, no, it's four it's cents. Zero point zero four cents, give or take. It uh, then surged to seventy cents, uh, gaining. Uh, uh, I think it's uh, seventy. It's a lot of gain. It's it's in lot of. It's a lot so of. Dirt gain, cheap but, goes dirt cheap to to the moon. Uh, you know. Yeah, but that's... Uh, I think everything reaches a threshold point where uh, where where when the beer market started, I think Dodge got uh, Dodge got hit more than anything else. It reached to the so, current level where. So Doge actually started its journey from lesser than a cent, right? Yeah, I mean, you sure, know, sure, if I'm, sure. I'm actually looking at Dogecoin at its all-time records because I believe it was June of 2020 when he first uh, tweeted about it. And he yeah, didn't really uh, get into the whole tweet storm about it until 2021, as you said. You know, April, May 2021 was when he started really pumping the shit. But before that, the first tweet when it went out in uh, 2020 
at that time dogecoin was 0.002 cents so it was like it, it really, wasn't really even low. one cent and then at its all time high it went to about 75 cents or 80 cents and today it's actually at 7 cents it's been in the Not range of 8 to yeah 8 to 9 cents for a couple of months now but from its all time high it is down by 90% or more and yeah. from its all time low though which was probably well you know i won't talk about all time low but the first time when elon tweeted about it which was 0.002 now it is still if you compare 0.7 cents to 0.002 dollars like yeah, it's, it's still high it's still high then we compare when the loan started tweeting now I mean, I in saw... the world of nfts though do you think the same thing might be recreated especially given how the nft world in general is unfortunately suffering from a lack of interest of uh, it's a wave it's a way you know it's it happens in uh, we haven't seen something of, of this sort before right i mean the during the dot com bubble uh, you know the dot com era people were talking about social media platforms and all of that but it happened quite slowly then the bitcoin revolution began uh and then uh slowly it shifted P- people were interested about nfts then social audio applications came along twitter spaces clubhouses then uh you know now the uh, you know different people are inter- interested on dapps uh it's it's it seems like uh and then artificial intelligence i mean that in itself so it's like subwaves and if you want to get a, a a taste of it just go to twitter spaces or clubhouses and just follow what these people are talking about you would get a gist of what's trending the trend changes every 2 3 months every 2 3 months 6 months and be careful of putting your money on something that's trending because unfortunately even though we are a show that actually is pro crypto pro web3 however it aches my heart to say Twitter is also a place where a lot of these pump and dump schemes are run. Yeah. At the moment, yeah. sort of said that, ladies and gentlemen, it is meme coin season. You're literally saying exactly. influencers come out there, say, "Hey, we are going to do take this next coin to the moon or do something about it." But if you are putting your money, almost ninety nine percent of the times, you are the exit liquidity for these people. A lot of these folks, mm-hmm. they're taking all of that money. draining the entire smart contract and then disappearing closing down the twitter accounts and everything so just be careful when you're noticing the trends as sort of is saying use them observe i would literally say that you know when it comes to web3 especially if you want to make a career in web3 as a trader observe or at least basically few- what basically what sony is trying to say is don't take your financial advices from a guy who's wearing a hawaiian t-shirt on a podcast <laughs> Right. <laughs> well actually you are probably even though you know we have to you are not a financial advisor but your advice is still way more founded in facts right because that's what you're doing every single day and i would listen to your advice what is listening to advice from a completely anonymous profile picture on twitter that has 100000 followers out of which i don't even know how many people are real and sure. then i see a lot of these people sure. supporting so, each Sonia, other so sonia are you sure 
Are you sure you don't want to buy my trading course? Come on. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should do that, right? I need to see what's there in the trading course and we could also- No, but it's interesting that, that you mentioned it. These, uh, the fake gurus era, CoffeeZilla. Oh my God, just follow CoffeeZilla. If you want to know about what's happening and what's, who's the latest, latest crypto, even the journalists follow him. He is the best ever- um, investigative journalist in the financial market of modern era. I say it. CoffeeZilla is one of the best. Oh, amazing. CoffeeZilla. So guys, that's the person, the influencer, the account that you need to look for. CoffeeZilla and definitely been making great waves in the crypto space. Now, unfortunately, we are running out of time here and I would have loved to keep going, but we are on a little bit of a tight leash and I'd love to actually do this again with you guys, right? But before we leave, where can people find you both, right? Can others, maybe you can, I'm sorry. I'll you take that. Me, you, know, you can take this. Uh, oh, perfect, perfect. Uh, you can hear me. So that's great. I'll take that. So sort of, go on. Thank you. Uh, it's www.thecoinrepublic.com. The coin republic is the keyword here, ladies and gentlemen. Bing, bing, bing. That's it. You have won the lottery. The coin republic. Search it on on Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. That's it. You know the three letter. T it's the three letter news organization: BBC, CNN, TCR. It's the same thing. Go ahead and follow us. But most importantly, I have to acknowledge what you guys are doing here. And for this opportunity, because we believe that going to traditional media, going back to the roots, radio, and then combining it Web3, metaverses and all that's quite important. And you, madam, I have been following you for a long time. Uh, and I feel that you're the perfect person to represent that. You're your community closer. You close the, I mean, not, not in the wrong way, you, 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 uh, Bring communities together. You don't close down communities. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, that's that's the one thing about Web3 that has brought all of us together, right? Because it's about building communities and not conglomerates. And that is what drives me. In the Bay Area, especially, we see the struggles between the top one person and then the rest of the 99 person where almost every single person is struggling with even the basic necessities every day. And with that, obviously, Web3 has this promise of building a better future where hopefully we could all um, bridge the chasm in some way. Now, with that being said, what I would love to do is let's tap into, okay, there you go. So what I would love to do, it, it's okay, it's absolutely fine. What I would love to do is sort of, why don't you go and give like, you know, one um, one closing message for this particular segment. So you already spoke about where people can find you. If you had to give a piece of advice to the newbies, right? People who are just listening to the show who are probably inquisitive about crypto, but have unfortunately just been on the receiving end of just bad news in crypto. What is the one piece of advice you might give to a person like that trying to learn more about crypto and Web3? enjoy it enjoy it learn from communities uh at never ever think that you're right all the time uh listen to the crowd uh but you know in in, in mass communication there is a theory called diffusion of innovation so there are early adopters late majority there are legards uh 
like it or not, consciously, unconsciously, you will fall into one of these categories. It is important to understand price action. It is important to understand fundamental analysis, technical analysis, and what makes a block uh, web three different is on-chain analysis. These are terminologies. These are concepts that are not easy to understand. And if you go to the paid services, first, you have to figure it out on your own. Second, you have to pay to get those, you know, on-chain analysis and all that. We do it for free. We write articles about them. We have analysts who put their mind, write it in the simple words, so again, be be uh, skeptical of news articles because there are PR articles and, and news articles like in any news, like even traditional news agencies, but you have to do your own due diligence. It is the only way where you can win this market because it's complicated, but it's fun. It It is complicated. It is fun, guys. You know, imagine trying to figure out the stock market in 1920 or trying to figure out dot com in 2000 you had everybody jumping on the ship because it was hot and then there was a burst that happened and then nobody wanted to touch it because they were like oh my god you know the internet is hell if you touch it you're going to burn in hellfire but then look at where we are 20 years since then the things obviously yeah. change but you need to do a lot of due diligence Saurav that was an excellent message coming from you I would love to thank both Saurav and others for joining us today on this episode of the Silicon Dreams on Radio Zindagi 1550 AM and what I would love to do guys is just end the show with a positive note one of the things I love to tell people is we are in the Silicon Valley, right? And obviously even globally, there's this huge rat race that we are unfortunately a part of. A lot of people listening to the show, you are probably surrounded by a lot of noise and crypto could be intimidating, but so is your everyday life. And all what I'm going to leave you with is take a moment to focus on yourselves amidst, amidst all of this chaos find a moment to focus on yourself, on your mental health, and focus on the loved ones around you. Because at the end of it all, the human connection is the most important aspect of all of it. And with that, guys, we are going to wrap up the Silicon Dreams. This is your host, Sonia Ahuja, founder of Orbis 86, ending this for this week. Join us next week for another episode of the Silicon Dreams that will be focused on AI and ML. And again, thank you, Saurabh. Thank you, others, for joining us today. And have a good week ahead, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone who is listening to the show.